You're listening to Red Nation Online. Friday, May 25th, Steve Perry, I'm Ian Clark. We're back from BMO Field once again disappointed as the Reds continue to stall in MLS as they are dropped 1-0 to FC Dallas. It was a masterclass of mind games and antics as Dallas got under everyone's skin and despite being behind in every stat, came out with all three points. We discussed another frustrating match from Jovinko, many missed chances from a few players, and questioned if the team has what it takes to pull it all together later in the season, or is it already looking like it's too little, too late. It's all that and more on the next 45 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. I mean, preconceived notions going in. Well, going if, in is, yeah, I mean, so if I'm... If where, I, where are they in this table? Well, they're sort of middle, like the middle top half of the West. But if I'm not mistaken, they've only lost one game this year. Oh, okay. So they're, they're a good team. I mean, they're not, they're not at the top of the table, but they're in amongst those teams. As we've known from them for the last few years, I mean, they've got that sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, like uh, Southern flavor to their roster of Central and South American players that they they bring in and it's like in terms of coaching as well and they just have a style about them. They've it never has quite paid off in terms of the playoffs yet, like getting a real big run, but they've definitely had a lot of a lot of stretches of the regular season where they've been the hot team. And uh and it's a, usually at the start of a season, but this was for me, you know, when you last were on the pod and we were and we played Philadelphia and you express a lot of concern for what was to come against a good opposition, and this was the team. This was the probably the best team. This is part of the realization. This was yeah. This was like the first really good team we've play, we've probably played since that Philadelphia game that you were talking about. I mean, after that, was Seattle beat us, but Seattle isn't playing great this year. But they still beat us, and then New England's not a great team. They still beat us. Orlando's terrible. We beat them, and now it's like now we're up against tough teams. Mm. And Dallas. By the way, I saw a lot of Orlando FC scarfs in the in different shops, in bar in liquidator shops. Oh, Jesus. In Hawaii, that's a side note. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's what that's. But I feel like we were going into this game with some optimism, right? Because I thought like at least some of our starting lineups was starting to come back. It's at least off injury, we started. We saw Chris Mavinga. So you expressed optimism in the lineup, right? You said. Yeah, we we've got a pretty good lineup tonight, and I think some of that was like Chris Mavinga's back in the lineup, and then who else was back in? So Vasquez. Well, Jovinko's back from a red card. Okay, and Vasquez is uh, like he went out on back injury, and so that didn't seem to appear to him to be too badly. Uh, we saw the reappearance of Hagelin later in the game, but I don't think we'll be seeing him again for a while because he looked pretty beaten up at the like he was having he was struggling trying to walk. Yeah, you got then. you got knocked. So I I don't think yeah I think he, he's probably re-injured now. And Mavinga might be. Yeah, right. So much for bringing them in too soon, I suppose. 
And then there was some new players, uh, Liam Fraser. Yep. Who's he? So, so Liam, Fra- Liam Fraser's got had a few minutes here and there. <laughs> Liam Fraser is sort of the, I guess you might say, the young up-and-coming DM defensive midfielder. Bradley Jr., if you want to say something along those lines, um, that the, the team, I think they're pretty encouraged by him. Uh, 20 years old, looked good TFC2 last season, and uh, I think they're starting like to slowly bet him in this year. So I think, I think they thought after last game, last game Bradley played in the midfield. And I think they may have thought this game, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I think they may have thought, okay, we're, we'll let Fraser have a go and we'll put Bradley in, back in the back line. Thinking <laughs> which, that that would solidify things in the back. And then uh, we also saw Ryan Teffler. Yeah, so Teffler's been getting consistent minutes for the last, since probably you were last on the podcast. Okay. He's been playing quite it's a the bit. the first game I've seen him play. Yeah. And you were telling me he scored last game? Or? He did, he did score. He, was, he played a great game last in game. In fact, I felt like he was, uh, I don't even feel, like he was, I mean, he was slotted in the back line, but he was mostly a winger tonight. Uh, he was, I mean, he did, you know, interestingly enough or funnily enough, he also did make some key saves. Like even in the last minutes of the game, he headed a ball off the line, the back line. So he was able to get back, but I didn't notice him in the back. I noticed him in the front most of the time. So in some ways, he's kind of like a, a player that can play deceptively both positions yeah. really well. Like, I mean, Justin Morrow can do that for fairly well. And, uh, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, actually. Yeah, he's. Kind of, I think he's come out and been pretty good. He really didn't put his mark on this game like he did last week, but I think he's been. He was <laughs> steady, and he and he still has proven that he can manage playing at this level. And then we have Vanderbilt, but you know, I think the way that this lineup is playing in terms, of if we can move to formation, like how this formation works, because is there any other things that we want to say about the lineup? I think, you know, it's Osario, Vasquez. Ricketts, Jim, Ricketts got Rick, to start. Ricketts got to start, Which yeah. he hasn't. He has not been getting a lot of looks, and then finally he gets a start this week. I think we should look to move to formation here because I think the way some of these positions, are, some of these, the way some of these players are playing uh, is kind of intriguing or maybe part of the problem. I, I guess we're used to seeing a sort of strong, solid mid midline, right? Like, I call it the spine, and it's uh, usually more Bradley, Vasquez, and then you've got the two channels of Altador and Javinko, right? So this is set, this is badly broken up right now with Altador being out and Moore being out and Bradley playing out of position, which, you know, when he's playing defense like this, it reminds me of the years of Frings. Like, what a waste of talent, right? Like, the guy is playing out of position. Like, when they put Frings back from midfield, back into the back line, when we were all injured and had nobody else in the back line, I felt like th- I feel like that we've gone back to that now. Like, we're playing Bradley there. He's making some key mistakes because he doesn't know how to play a, a stopper position. He anticipates like he's still the sweeper, and, uh, and it cost us a goal tonight. You know, it wasn't until the end when he started moving up back into his sweeper position his sweeper position that he was like people were cheering but i was like it's fucking even riskier because yeah. there's like we, there's nobody back there right like there's and there's not a mavinga now in the, at the end of the game to make that cross field run to try and make the like the heroic save or something yeah. it put us in a lot of it, it created a lot of stress on the back line i feel yeah. like it, and they're playing too thin so i feel like because they're pushing they're still pushing these wing backs and Vanderveel kind of pushes up. He doesn't like playing back. I don't think he's like naturally, I mean, he might be a defender, but he seems to play more up. It was Fraser 
who was sort of playing in front of him like a sweeper. But even though he was called in the back line, he was the sweeper. Yeah. But he's not like he's not so Bradley Jr. is not a Bradley Jr. He doesn't know he's not the king. He's not the boss of that line, right? So and he's not linking the pass to Vasquez. So that's the first broken link. And then the link and then it's not getting the ball's not getting to Vasquez. So even though we had tons of possession tonight, it seems like things uh, aren't working because we're not we we're, we're missing key links and we got these players that don't play that system so well yeah. like i mean i whatever for whatever reason i mean you know for all our chances and for all our possession nothing was coming of it and uh the other thing i want to say is rickets like fuck you don't have to go to javanko every time you know like uh there was a time in the first half where osario was uh was being threaded the ball beautifully over and through, over breaking through he could have gone himself and instead he gives it to Javinko every fucking time and by the third time there was three players on Javinko covering him and I'm just like you know you, you put a little leading pass to Ricketts and he'll outrun any of them because that he's got so much pace that we should be exploiting that explosive pace of Ricketts like we could see him come become like the new Altador that's what I'm thinking Anyway, I just feel like some things were underutilized, some things are not practiced, and so we, we're seeing a couple of things that are not working for us right now. And maybe it's just a matter of like letting that stuff settle and get more game time, yeah. practice time, play time. But I think it's more than that. I just feel like I just feel like the attitude's not always there. Like I feel like maybe there's like a weird attitude of like we're the team to beat kind of thing, and we're fucking not the team to beat. No. <laughs> Well, here's Kate. Okay, let me just, before we roll off of the formation, because yes. I was going to say, there's, there's two things I want to say about that. The first one was when, when they announced that, based on last week's game, I thought we were going to say, oh, they're going to play a 4-4-2. We were going to go with Mavinga and Vanderbilt <laughs> as our two center backs. You have your two fullbacks, and then, and then Bradley would play. I mean, we've seen points where Bradley has played in front of that, and the two center backs have split, right? They kind of split out wide, and he kind of drops in that center role, but he's not on the back line. I mean, that's what I thought we were going to see, and then the three guys up there, and, and that's the way it was going to work, and it didn't work but, like but that. But what we saw is two people playing the back, which was basically Vanderveel and Bradley with, that's it. It was like a, it was a super thinned out back line. That's kind of why we were exposed. And then if I can, I mean, if I can add this part into the mix, because we, we, this podcast was funny because we really dug into stuff before I, we started recording, and I was just like, I think another key factor of, of this game particularly was I, this, I thought this might have been one of Vasquez's worst games I've ever seen him play. And, I, I, I mean, his passing was atrocious. He had no vision. That, that touch that we expect to see from him and almost like mind reading where his teammate is go, teammates are going, it just wasn't there. And I, and I don't want to single him out because I thought, you know, Bradley had his share of turnovers. You know, Osorio had trouble finding guys. Like, it just... It, it just I, wasn't I, happening. I think that I want to defend. Talk- I want to defend Vasquez for a minute because I feel. Okay. I feel. I, no, because I feel like. Um, I don't think he was horrible. I mean, there's other players that I think were horrible. I think he. I think there was problems with getting the ball to him, and then when they got the ball to him, he was under pressure, and he was trying to fill Josie's position a little bit more than he's used to. He's used to being sort of the back of the diamond. And he wasn't in that position today. He was sort of like in between Josie and somewhere on the side. He was trying to be in the side. He was trying to play like another Javinko, where he sort of, and so the, I don't know, it kind of crowded the space for Javinko. In some ways, the positioning was not good. And 
Because I, I think sometimes he got passes to people, and, like, you know, he got a header on that. Like, he had one of the best-scoring chances of the game. But uh, I, I think we didn't see the celebratory great stuff from Vasquez, right? Like, I just feel like – and it, it was more to do with I – th- I, I feel it was positioning. I think it comes down to positioning. That's what I think. Mm. Can I say that? Yeah, of course. You can, okay. yes, you can say that, Steve. No, no, but I'm just like, like, does that make sense? I mean, yes. I don't want to fault him for his skill. I want to fault him for, uh, I, not solely on his skill. I, like, I'm not saying that he had a bad, you're not faulting him really on his skill. You're faulting him for just maybe having a bad day. Yeah. I'm faulting him for positioning. Okay. I want to, I want to add a factor to that. Well, and, crit- he, and here's crit- the, and I want to, and you, I think you touched on a good thing because you said it's, you said there's something odd about the attitude. And I think people might walk out, walk out of this game saying, for me, this might have been, for me, this was the first game where I really f- thought something really looked off. Like that, this, this final, like, you know, Jovinko, I thought, I don't think he played a bad game, but this was a game where it just wasn't, it just looked off. I mean, he was, yes, we saw he was being triple team a ton, right? And he was getting ball, but his free kicks were brutal. And it just, it just, everything didn't look like it was, it just looked way out of sync. I mean, I'm just <laughs> repeating myself on over and over, but it's like yeah. I think there was a lot of expectation for him to score. He was the he's the guy who everyone's looking for to be the trigger man. Um, I mean, because Josie's not there, right? So there, it's like it's Javinko or nothing. It, that's how it feels, right? Even though we've seen in the past that goals come from uh, when we were doing great last year, goals were coming from everywhere, right? It wasn't Javinko, and the thing is, the spotlight's on Javinko now. Like he, they know they know him. They know who to pick up, right? And he was being played. I mean, not only just by the guy who was picking him up, but also by the keeper uh, who got in his head on that penalty kick, right? Um, but I think the team is more than Giovinco. And you, didn't, you did see other players rise. Like, I think Osario was making great plays. I think uh, some balls were coming through to Vasquez. <coughs> I thought, so you guys were a little critical of Oro Jr. in the game. He won the man of the match tonight, and I thought it was deserved. I felt like... Every time we went down Oro Jr.'s side, he made great strides at getting the ball uh, down and pretty much like close. Like he was getting good. You said you guys were saying his, his crosses were shit, but I thought his crosses were spot on, and our players weren't in the right positions. Right? He was keeping them away from the keeper. Just uh, maybe our people had outrun that. You know, they'd run too far or weren't close enough. Right? So I just felt like. Uh, I did think some of those players were stepping up. Oro Jr. was one of them, and uh, we haven't talked about him at all. And I feel like, you know, he played he played a little bit further back, but he was also doing... He was Most of the game was coming from him. Most of the, the plays were coming from him. Uh, so if you look at our chances, they were Oro Jr. doing a lot of the legwork that usually Bradley does or Vasquez. And part of that might be because he's, like, not a known commodity. Is what I'm thinking. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, he's a player on the outside, and then like people underestimate him. And he's and his ball control, his skill is fantastic, and he can run and he can turn. Like I don't know, he's just got something. Watching him was a treat tonight. Like in this, in the, in all of the context of like how frustrated we were about like the 80% possession that we had and all the chances that we had, how close we got, not being able to finish. Like it was frustrating. But I feel like watching him, it was great. Like I was like, that's the feeling I get when I watch, when I used to watch Javinko, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it's just because Javinko took all the kicks, and I gotta say, the la- one of the la- later kicks, the penalty kicks from outside the box, or a free kicks from outside the box, where the keeper didn't even see it, 
and it was just shy of the post, that would have been a beautiful goal. I mean, he would have redeemed himself. Like we would have, we would not be harping about how bad he was if he had scored that goal, because that goal was visionary. It was slow. It was thought out. It was strategic. And in the psychological battle that he was having with the goalkeeper, it would have been like the ultimate fuck you, yeah. right? Like I feel like that was the that was the thing that was the thing that I uh, lamented most about yes. the whole game, yes. right? If I could say that, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I and mean, that's a good point. But I also to sum that up, you know, the expression: "If my aunt has balls, she be my uncle." Okay, but could have, would have, should have. Like it, it didn't happen. So here we are. Is one no loss? Like, I know, but it was. Uh, I mean, I mean, you're you're getting was, excited about something that didn't was, happen. It was very close to threading the needle. Yes. And, I don't uh, disagree. And I, it would have been redemption, I felt. It was close to redemption. It would have been redemption. That was the closest to redemption. I mean, there was, there was also other, some other good chances that we had in the game, but that, was, um, that would have been like beautiful. That would have been a highlight goal. They would have been talking about that one, I think. Yes. But it didn't, and we're not. Sure, but I'm going to talk about it because <laughs> I, clearly, I feel like it was a yeah. Okay, miss. clearly are. So, do you want to get into like actually some of these plays, Steve, and, and walk through this maybe? Uh, yeah, sure. The action of the game, okay. uh, and what we saw from Toronto and and FC Dallas, because I feel like, well, early on, I mean, we had we had a free kick within 30 <laughs> seconds. I mean, this game right from the opening kick, we thought, hey, maybe this is going to be one where we're going to we're going to bag one like immediately and, and get this game off to the right foot and we're going to pick up this game right where we left off. Javinko's back in the lineup. Everything's going our way. Um, and he gets that free kick and the keeper's got to make this. It was a, it was a perfectly placed free kick yep. from Javinko. I mean, the keeper had to make a full two-fisted, two-handed diving save right Towards inside the post. The post. Yeah. It was curling into the post, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I feel like that maybe that was a bit of foreshadowing for the game, right? That should have been the clue, but you know, you can never read too much superstition into these things. But as it played out, it was a game of near misses for us. And it, this game, you could almost say uh, the summary of this game may have been the battle between Jovenko and Dallas, the keeper. the keeper of Dallas. Yeah, Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah Gonzalez ended up being a focal point yeah. of this match. The the arch rival, like the antagonist, uh, the ne- yeah, who got under people's skin. Basically, he was getting jeered quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to piss off. <laughs> you want to piss them off. You, you get them out of, psychologically. You get them out of their headspace, and they're no longer playing soccer. They're playing a psychological game, right? It's kind of, I mean, you, you say, you talked about how brilliant that was, and I'm just saying, yeah, that was, that's a strategy, right? That's always a strategy, though, in, the, in, a, in, a, in a head game. You know, this game really reminded me of almost like a CONCACAF international game of can- so? Canada or the U.S. playing against <coughs> a Central American team. Because the reputations in those games, especially when Canada plays Costa Rica, Canada plays Honduras, Panama, is that we play, we play a hard physical game and they waste time. They go down on every injury. They, They're playing for the draw. And they play the head games big yeah, time. Right. They'll, 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 do the, they'll do the little cheat plays as long as the ref gives them the rope, they're going to take it. Um, and the keeper, and the keeper, just doing those those mind games, playing but, the mind game. But because the ref allowed, allowed that to go on, in the end, at the end of the game, uh, there was he dished out three cards to the, to FC Dallas, and I feel like I feel like the cards were late, and I feel like it was the ref's fault for letting the game get out of hand. He should have like been 
telling them this a lot earlier. I mean, he did scold the keeper at one point, uh, never giving him a card, but then uh, right at the end, he dished out three cards. I've never seen that before in a game, and it was all for time-wasting, right? And I just felt like... Uh, wasting time all game. I, I feel like... You Why would you do that? You should have said, should, said something about this a lot earlier because it set the tone for how this game was going to get played out yeah. at the end, right? So, I don't know. I felt like the ref let this game get out of hand a lot. And that's that's part of the the precedent, like I'm saying, in those in those international yeah, games sure. where the 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 opposition tries to get away with it as long as they can. And if the referee doesn't get under control, then here we are lamenting uh, a game that wasn't under control, and the opposition just doing these these tactics drama. So w- one of my observations was that uh, I mean FC Dallas had a few chances, and they were good chances, mm-hmm. uh, including I think when they scored, which was, was eleven or twelve minutes in. Yeah. Um, and I would say at that point and they exploited it, right? Yes. Sorry, at that point, they didn't. They really hadn't shown much. I mean, it had been no. it had been Toronto up to that point. Yeah. And then they just came back. Sweet. They just they broke they broke out down the left side. So going in. south, it was a throw in. Yeah. And uh, Bradley Bradley over anticipated it. Tried to jump in front. Being the last man back, that's always a dangerous thing to do. Which is why one of the like this is an example where I feel like Bradley doesn't know his position in like his new position, right? So I'm not saying he doesn't know his old position. I'm saying he doesn't know his new position as a stopper. And he tried to jump in front to anticipate, which is what he would normally do as a sweeper, right? In the front in the front of the diamond. And the ball got by him and the player was off. And then Mavinga had to make this fucking crazy run from the left side all the way to that corner and got a piece of it but gets blamed for getting a piece of it, yeah. even though he's made this heroic run and gotten some of it. Yeah, but now they're coming back and, the other way. When but he, but the, the but the and that winger's exposed, right? He's all open. Uh, he was the the guy with the man Dallas, bun. Yeah, for Dallas, the, the the guy with the man bun, and he was just uh, he was the he was their star, right? He was yeah. the guy who kept on finishing. Well, the shot know. the shot was taken, and Yerudi was standing there, Rudy, and went off Yerudi. Yeah. So the the shot hit Yerudi, and and Irwin had no chance. Yeah, it was a good goal. I feel like it was a good goal, uh, but it also exposed to me the weakness of like that back line. That back line is all broken. Like yeah. it's not like let's can we do an analysis of the back back line? Because it's like it's Vanderveel, uh, it's Bradley, and it's Oro Junior. Yeah, and it was Mavinga, and it was uh, Telfer. Okay, so Telfer's relatively new. Mavinga's back from injury. I think Mavinga might have been one of the more solid players on the back line. Uh, I feel like Fraser sometimes was there, sometimes not. Uh, but I feel like Tuffler was more a winger. He was like absent from the back line, except mm-hmm. for some key plays. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Oro Jr. was absent from the back line. So I feel like there was it was down to basically Mavinga, Bradley, and Vanderveel. And Bradley and Vanderveel are new to the positions, like. I don't think Vanderbilt is necessarily new to the position, but he's like, you know, he's newish. He's not a center and, back by Brad, trade, though. And Bradley's not a, a defender. Yeah. So we've got like so much inexperience on that back line at the moment, and uh, like it's I don't know what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, is there nobody who plays naturally on the back? Is Morgan the, well, injured? Not, I mean, is, is there it's, it's Hernandez is the only guy left. But I mean, Hernandez when he came in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was it against New? I mean, he he looked. To me, he looked terrible. Okay. I mean, the I would honestly, Steve, the answer is no. There isn't. And I mean, was Zavaleta is so at the beginning of last year. We were talking about how shit our back line was, and then they had bought they 
fix the back line and now the back line is broken again so like we're sort of back in the position where we were maybe a year and a half ago well it makes a ago. case for more i mean it really does yeah. that that he <coughs> i mean it's like line. yeah he's solid yeah i and that's the, that's the argument i'm making yeah i feel like the players that are like zavaleta more they're key players he's not flash but i mean he is they're he is players. he's the anchor really i think more is and he's the key to yeah. the back line and and, and if he's not coming back, I think that ends up being the priority is saying, who do we find to play that, that sort of like last man stopper role that they know how to play that role. So it leaves me thinking that they went all for broke for the CONCACAF champ, championship, right? I don't disagree with that. I think you should be doing that. You've talked in, in past podcasts about like how the back half of the season is the important part. So I feel like they're risking that so that when people get back from injury, we'll have a, ba- a better second half of the season. Do you think, think that's what's going on here? you think people will be back from injury and then it, it'll be the TFC of old? You think that, like, do you think that's what's going to happen? Do you think that's what they're gambling on? I think so. I do think that's what they're gambling on. However, after today's game, I got to say, this, was the, this is the first game where I've, where I've started to have doubts. I got to be honest. I think anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the first part of the season, I've been, I've been generally, even with the bad results, I've been pretty optimistic and still hopeful that things will straighten out. Um, and, and after today's game, I mean, it's like clearly at home, we're not good enough to compete with a, with a top half team. And that's a problem. As, as the home team, you can't beat... Uh, you can't beat. I mean, even, I understand it's a top half team in the league. That's going to be a tough game. Yep. But at home, you should have the advantage. And and we're not. I mean, we didn't beat Seattle at home. We're not beating. We didn't beat Columbus at home. We aren't beating Dallas at home. I mean, this 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 is a problem. This is it's now from like. Do you, do you think that we can compete from the back half, in the back half of the season? Like from. I guess what I'm saying is, do you think uh, we still have a chance if, even if we drop all these games until everyone gets back into formation and back in like ship shape, or whatever? Uh, do you think we will get in the playoffs if uh, we win every game at the end of the season? Like, are we banking too much on? Because it's kind of putting a lot of pressure on us to win every game at the end and just discard these games at the beginning. Do you think we could? Do you think we could pull off that? That's what I'm asking. I think I think I mean it's, that's a big hypothetical because it's like you're we're expecting uh, Josie comes back, but we're expecting that, I, Moore comes back, and we're expecting no one else drops out. I think that's what we're looking at right now, right? It, yeah. If I could say, it, it. I agree, and I think uh, I would still have concerns because uh, the team. I, I mean, just a game, the game like today where it was like if they're if they're feeling the heat like they were today, they couldn't pull it off. I think our team doesn't like to be. I th- so I want to talk about attitude for a second. I think our team doesn't like to be the team to beat. I think we like to be the underdog. And I, I think that comes from, like, when I was reading that interview with Giovinco where he has that tattoo that says loser on him. He likes to be the underdog. He likes to be underplayed. Underestimated. Not underestimated. And I feel like we're in the wrong position. We're not in the position that we like to be. And I, I don't think... I. Th- I think we're trying to get to that position again. I don't think we're doing it on purpose. I think it's just by accident because of it's not it's not by design. It's by accident for sure because of the injuries, but maybe we'll be in the right headspace for the second half of the season with a full roster. Things might align is what I'm saying. I, okay, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm saying things could be aligning. 
Can I say that? You can. That's a that's you a can. Sil- that's a silver lining argument. Yeah, and it's like uh, okay, like I I I hear that and that makes sense. But it's like I am acutely looking, watching that calendar and the opposition we're up against. I know it makes to, me nervous too. Yeah, it totally makes me nervous. It's it is. It's I mean, it's, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible and it's doable. But I mean, again, on a on a game like today. <laughs> I saw a lot of stuff that made me that I mean I've never seen I've ne- I didn't like I guess, like I said at the beginning I thought Vasquez had a poor game and I haven't seen a game I haven't seen him play a game like okay. that which makes me concerned but, which makes me concerned that in the moments when we need to win okay. which was today today was in a sense this was a this was a pretty important game to win when there's only two and we, stars and we up couldn't front, do it when there's only two stars to mark up front it's easy to mark them out of the game right so if you only have Vasquez and Giovinco to cover and you don't have like a Josie and a Bradley and like all these players that are coming in from everywhere. It's not like a blitzkrieg where you can't control it, right? Like I feel like I feel like we were easy to contain because of our because our lack of uh, we're easy to contain right now. We're kind of a wounded animal. Yeah. Well, and we were contained tonight. We saw it time, time and time again. I mean, Dallas just they figured it out. We haven't really even gone through the game, Steve. We have not. Gone There's a lot of moments. Like, I mean, we didn't talk at the penalty. From Jovenko, I mean, I don't know if we need to go. It's just maybe in broad strokes we can talk about what happened because sure. obviously we talked about the goal, <laughs> but then Jovenko had a chance to tie it up. I mean, and that was again where we've, we've already talked about the keeper where he completely got into his head. Yeah, I so thought. that was four minutes after the goal, right? So we had a chance to equalize, and yeah. So have you ever seen that before? Have you ever seen like a, have you ever seen a keeper come up to the guy who's taking the kick? So Jovenko had the ball and he was standing at the ten yard box for a period of time. Well. And it just happened to be where the ref was. Like, why was the ref even fucking standing there? And the other players are arguing with him. And meanwhile, the keeper's walking up to Jovinko, and he's like a, a good three feet taller than Jovinko. So he's towering over him, and he's looking down at him, and he's kind of like giving him grief. And you're just going, what the fuck is this? What is this ref? Like, this ref is, where is this ref? Is he going to, like, separate them or what? And he just allowed him to keep going, and then he made a show of it, right? He didn't, wouldn't stand on his line. He's holding up his arms the whole time, showing how big he is, uh, just trying to get in Javinko's head. And at that point, you, you said, he's not going to score. You felt he would, had gotten in his head. But you guessed wrong. You said, okay, he's going to go left, because he always goes oh, left. Yeah, yeah. He went right. The goalkeeper pulled out a great save, because it was going for that corner. Uh, I, I felt it was placed beautifully. Went to the opposite corner that he normally doesn't go, so it was unpredictable, and and it was a hard save to make. But he just happened to have a lot of height with him, and the keeper was able to get to it, right? But I feel like, yeah, that was a turning point because fuck, it should have been a sure thing, right? So that didn't happen, and that's when is that when you started getting the sinking feeling, or was it at the first minute mark when that first shot didn't go in? <laughs> I mean, it becomes a metaphor for how this game's going to go, but yeah. like, but you don't know that with one minute in, and you don't know that with 15 minutes yeah. in, and we continue to get our chances, right? Um, but Dallas also continued to get their chances, so they weren't getting lots of play, but the plays that they were making, I saw three dangerous attacks. They could have easily, it could have been 3 nothing against us, right? Uh, however, you, you know that everyone doesn't score on every chance that they get. And tonight it would have been nice if we would have scored on one of the chances that we would have made because we made quite a few, right? So there. Well, so let's the, go. The, one you, the other key one in the first half was the Vasquez header. Right. That so I was going to say the ghosts of San Pedro Sula with Ricketts landing it on the fucking doorstep and just 
Shovels it right to the goddamn keeper. So I want to talk about that because I feel like it's you can't blame Ricketts for that necessarily. I know people are upset because he didn't score. But I want to talk about, like, the ball comes from Oro Jr., doesn't it? And yeah, I think it's that was a, a cross. It's a slight chip, a beautifully, like, delicate chip that goes straight to Vasquez's head. Vasquez gets a beautiful header on it, like, with, like, some hey. power to it. And a keeper comes up with a good save. Du- re- rebound goes directly to Ricketts, who tries to collect the ball, but as he's trying to collect it, sort of shovels it to the keeper accidentally, right? He's just trying to get control of it so that he can do something with it. Now, people are blaming him because he just didn't, like, they felt like he should have just reacted and kicked it, right, right away. But I have to say, it's hard to do that. So I can't blame Tolly Ricketts. I mean, I'm upset just as much as everybody is. I felt like it was a great missed opportunity. But I want to give Ricketts a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, especially because I feel like there's so many times when the ball should have gone to Ricketts and didn't go to Ricketts. And I felt like it was almost a surprise. Well, obviously it was a surprise because it was a rebound. But fuck, man, this guy is explosive. He has pace. We're not utilizing it. He has he has great talent. I've seen I've seen him do some great stuff on that pitch, but nobody gives him the fucking ball. Yeah. And then like you know, the one time when he accidentally gets the ball and he fucks it up. I mean, can we blame him? The guy's never getting the ball. Like fuck, man, use this guy. That's what's frustrating to me. I feel like I know we want to blame him for missing that, but fuck, man. Get on the ball a few more times, yeah. because that's all. I feel like he could be great. Yeah, he could be a shiny if, star. If, yeah, if we, if, he, if, if we, we utilize him better. Yeah, and that's and that's really fair. And I think that's what we saw in the first half was that what was it? At least three passes that Osorio oh, had. He pulled it back to the Within top of the minutes. box, and it's and he, if he had almost taken a one touch and put it in that sort of danger zone between the keeper and Ricketts. I you kind of got the sense Ricketts because Ricketts scores those kind of goals where he just puts yeah. a foot, he just sticks a foot out. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't always score the beautiful like curling shot from dis, you know, anything like that. Like he will kind of get the junky, like he'll just crash the net. Yeah, and he'll he'll be willing to make that run and sacrifice his body physically just to get it makes something things happen though, right? And and uh, and that's you know when you see the. He's the first one in, right? So Ricketts is the lead. He's he's going for it all the time. And Javinko's trailing because he's trying to get people off his trail, right? He's trying to get out of play so that people don't pick him up. And then he gets open that way. Uh, but then people close him down right away. And it happened three times in a row. And I just felt like one of those times you could have gone to the middle. That's all I'm th- thinking. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Ricketts was in great position. So I know why he didn't go there. But... It became predictable yeah. after the second time going to like going to Javinko. So fuck, man, you gotta. We have to have another play. That's all I'm saying. And it, you know, if I'm sorry, if you're not going to take it yourself, I know, the I know you think, what's I know the definition you, of insanity, Steve? Yes, but I know. Yes, I know. But I think I feel like. Uh, well, there's other plays. Right? So run, yeah, I was going to ask him. Do we want to run through these plays because we're getting? Because uh, I think I feel like those uh, that peri- there was like a ten or fifteen minute period where balls were coming through Osorio, uh, coming through to Osorio. So I felt like that was a great playmaking time, um, and coming back and we were missing lots of chances there. Um, then I think the second half, second yeah. half was a bit slower. I thought. Yeah. Well, the first half, and then one thing I just noticed between the first half and the second half was that in those plays you had, the, on the right side, you had Vanderbilt, Oro Jr., and Osorio that were all linking up. And this was the first time we saw this play where Vanderbilt was threading a long ball in between 
the right side in the middle. That or, like Osorio was sli- sliding in off the line and finding this a great amount of space. And, and we saw three runs where he kind of split through there and had the perfect ball, and that's what created those chances. And Osorio was the one who was now running in on the touch. But in the second half, yeah, so Vanderveel went to the left side. But oh, did he? Yes. Uh, so. Yeah, I think that's a difference. So I think uh, if you look at it, Oro Jr. plays a little bit shallower yeah. from the start. And because he was bringing a lot of balls down, he was doing like a lot of the work, uh, the leg work in the first half, in the second half too. But I feel like when they started putting him through to Osario, it was showing dimension on that side, right? So it's like, oh, you don't know if I'm going to go to Oro Jr. or Osario, right? We've got chances on either of them, right? And so it showed that we had like some, some, some kind of attack there. Uh, I feel like... Maybe the reason why it didn't work on the left side was because Tefler was playing so far up. Mm. He wasn't so shallow. Like, he wasn't there to get it, receive it, right? And in some ways, he was trying to stretch the pitch or stretch the uh, defense, right? Trying to thin them out, uh, which did work to it a little bit. Um, and I saw, like, a good ball go through to him from Bradley, which was a long-distance ball. But, like, you know, those, those are fucking 50-50 balls. And he struggled to contain it and then got the ball to Vasquez. To bring it down and then to try and run around a player is like is too much to ask, and so uh, good thing Vasquez was there. Is what I was thinking, but you know, mostly fuck. I guess it. it I mean, I thought everything was coming down our right side. I felt like we were strong on the right, and not on the left. Yeah, and Jivinko was lined up on the left. Yeah, Vasquez was on the right. Yeah, they were kind of split that way. I don't know. We were heavy on the right, not on the left. We're thin on the left. That's an observation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how, to, how to break it down any further. I, Obviously, I, we I know where like, this all like, went. I feel like Dallas would, like, you know, eventually pick up on that, right? If everything's coming down on the right, then you just start loading up the right, too, right? So you congest it. And uh, maybe at that point, we should have switched. Like, Vanderveel should have switched over. Maybe Oro Jr. and, and Taffler should have switched. Like, it should have... Maybe that's something that could, we could have done. If that was possible. Well, where do we where do we go from, where do we go from here, Steve? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's any other key. Do you have any other key points from that second half that we're discussing? Because we've kind of t- we have kind of touched on the whole game, just in different, not necessarily in I, chronological I order. I want to. So we talked about game wasting, and it led to something that I felt was unprecedented that I've never seen, which was four minutes at the first half of additional time and seven minutes at the end of the game for a total of eleven additional minutes which actually wound up being 12 because when we timed it, it was actually eight minutes in the end because there was a lot of time wasting going on even in that additional time. And it's, that's like almost 15 minutes. It's like a, it's like a third of a half. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's crazy. It's <laughs> a lot of time. Which, again, aligns to this whole, like this, this style of play that Dallas is, sure. was putting in, the, in there and, and the way that they went at this game. And I think, fuck, I mean, at the, I kind of think almost at the end of the day, I think we're gonna like we are obviously griping about Toronto, but I almost like fuck Dallas came and put the strategy in place and they did it. Like they're, well, they didn't play like their home team. No, or, I mean a away team. I mean their their keeper pulled this shit and he pulled it off. And you almost have to begrudgingly be like fuck that guy, but he busted attitude and it worked. Right. Yeah. yeah. And their players all came down with mysterious hamstring injuries, time after time. In the, in the second half, and that just killed any kind of momentum, especially in that last, what was it, 15 or 20 minutes? Like, they just kept couldn't dropping down. Yeah, we couldn't get started. Yeah, it was a momentum killer for sure. Yeah. 
and you're just like, I've seen this before. I've seen this with Canada. I've seen this with the U.S. I've seen this <laughs> in World Cup qualifying. And I'm now I'm seeing this in the MLS, and it's fucking frustrating. But they walked out with the 1-0 win. So you're just like, God damn. And so, uh, and that's despite, um, you know, additional things. So we haven't talked about sights and sounds. Uh, you wanted to talk about the return of the 12th player? Yeah, this was, this was the first, probably the first home game in a long time that we've had the South End with their flags back and really, I mean, they've been, they've still been singing and they've still been supporting, but this was like, I think the this was... The flares were out, the, the, smoke Viking, out. the Viking clap was in full effect, the... Flags. Yeah, flags were just... Banners. Banners, lots of stuff. So there was a banner that we saw, this should, should lead to rumors and gossip. Well, this, I mean, this is—I mean, this was another game of all the players and everything we talked about again. Like, I think Jovinko is going to be a topic of discussion. I mean, yeah, all those free kicks, couldn't score the goal, um, couldn't make anything happen. Uh, it, it was a really tough night for him, and the—the the, not the rumor, but the you know what's going on with him right now is that he wants his wants his contract renewed, and the rumor that was that someone threw out this week was that Tigres was was looking to sign him. Which or was it a Detroit? It was like they would sign him, and we would get Enter Valencia. That was the rumor. That of course, Tim Bezbachenko through uh, some of the guys following the club would have said, "We haven't formally, or, you know, we haven't received anything communication from Tigres. This is just a rumor." Um, and the banner that comes up saying "No Seba, no trophies" from the South End, and I mean, I don't disagree with that, but like we also no goals yet either tonight so that was a frustration yeah I mean I, like, I don't know what else <laughs> what else I'm we not can... saying that we should call it Seba's thing, contract in the question because I, I agree with the no Seba no trophy thing but uh, it just we were hoping for something from him right that's all and again I feel you know it's easier to mark one player than it is to mark three with like Altador and Vasquez in full form so yeah I, I don't fault him he tried. It just wasn't his night. No. And, and, and it's like one of those games where it's like... The, and he the, tried the, different things. It's not like he was trying the same thing. I mean, there was twice when he hit the wall on, on, free, on free kicks, but uh, so that felt like it was... And that happened one after the other, so it felt like, oh, he's run out of ideas, but then he came up with new things, so he didn't. He was, he was trying to figure it out. Yeah. I think, that, I think, I think it's, this is one of those games where, you know, at, different, at a different point of the season... We weren't like, oh, that was just a bad game, but in a game like this where we we're falling, we're falling behind in the in this table. We need, we need, yeah, we need the, the pressure's building up. This is a game where we need that goal, and he needs to score that goal. And if he does, then everything's great. He didn't. Everything's not great. So yeah. Yeah. that's kind of, I think, the way it's. And the, we can't blame him for it because I feel like there's so many other th- wheels off the off the train here. So. Well, because I the last podcast I kind of said. I think a part of the there's a you know one of the the reasons why we're here is a of course injuries, but also the players from last some of the players from last year, and some of the new signings, aren't working out, right? Like Delgado has not had a good season. That's that's a fact. Akeche wasn't even wasn't even on the bench. I mean he's he's not working out. He's been, he was terrible in New England. I think like I think the people are like hey where's Akeche and it's like where do you think? I mean, it, well, well, the, 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 the jury thing, could be out on him. 
Yeah, but um, the thing is you could sign these players, but you need some game time for this to gel, right? You need, like, I mean, it took th- three years for that team to to become the winning team. So, I don't know. We can't expect these guys to fit right into the thing. Like, I know you sign these shit hot players, but, like, they need some time to be able to know how where people run, like, automatically, you know? Or how to how they run. They need game time together. You can't expect that to work uh, automatically. I mean, I think Vanderbilt may might be the exception because I feel like he's fitting in really well. Yeah. Uh, but we have a lot of new signings, and and we have to use them because we're we're struggling for fitness, and there's too much new blood right now. There's too much, and it's not gelling yet. No. We need time, but we don't have it. No, and that's well, that's the point. You're saying we need, you know, what I mean, these guys got to get times and jelly in. Well, it's <laughs> that's why it takes three years to win a to build a, a winning team. Yeah, right. Like I mean, Jurgen Klinsmann used that three year rule. It, it's that's I I think that's the key to it, right? You yeah. need game time together. Yeah. So yeah, but that's where it's like, if you have that, if you have that unit that you've built, and you start you tweak it, you have to be very careful with how and who and where you tweak it with because yeah. you can disrupt something that's that's that was working well and you have to make sure the right pieces come in there and maybe either A there's too much or it's not the right piece. But right now we don't have the luxury because we don't have the players because they're all injured. Mm-hmm. So that's what they I think that's part of the issue that's yes. going on, right? Yes. And I think that's unfortunate because I think if the player isn't stepping up and and fitting in now, that's just it's too bad because we don't have time. Any other thoughts, Steve? Any other sights and sounds? I do. I have a sight and sound. Okay. This is something I've been waiting to tell you. I wrote it down right away. I noticed that. I didn't know what it was. So there's a guy at Gate One who makes a homemade sign every week. It's a really pro Toronto FC sign, which is great. And and I I really think he's just trying to high-five people and get people in the spirit. Do, Do you know who this guy is? The question I really want to know is: He on MLSE's payroll? That's the question I want to know. Who is this guy? Does anyone know? Because, because, I mean, I love it that it's a homemade sign, even though he's reused it quite reused quite a few of them. But like, I'm also suspicious. <laughs> so am I. I know who you're talking I, about. I'm trying to. I, who is I, this guy? Does anyone Does anyone else know who I'm talking about? And does anyone have any insight into this? That's what I. That's. I. It's it's been bugging me for a long time now, and I just want to say it. And I'm hoping I I know that like there's people have little bits of information. Collectively, we're a better mind. If someone has something, please let us know. Yeah, I'd, I it's he's a curiosity to me, and it's bothering me. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's up. I, not that it's bad or anything. I'm not suspicious that way, but I'm sort of like thinking. You wouldn't put it past him. Like, is the guy there just to get high five? Is he really like? All he really wants to do is get high fives from people, and like, he's like a kind of like a booster, like like a an abnormally happy booster. And I'm just like, I don't know. It just seems like out of context a little bit, like just a little bit too happy for reality <laughs> yeah, for a team that's struggling as bad well, not, as they not are. Not even for a team that's struggling. I don't care about that. Like yeah. whatever. Well, I I'm mean, just saying. Like, but yeah. it's it's even more noticeable now. Yeah. So, anyway, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I thought the same thing. Can somebody shed some insight into this? And if nobody knows what I'm talking about, maybe we'll take a picture and post it up next week. <laughs> yeah, put it on our Instagram. I haven't posted anything on the RNO <laughs> Instagram in some time, so that would be that'd be my next reason to do it. Uh, okay, well, let's leave it at that, Steve. 
this was a, a doozy of a game. I got to be honest, I'm not. It's a heartbreaker, for, really. Yeah, it totally was, and I unfortunately got stuck next to these people that wouldn't shut up about nothing to do with the game. It was very, very frustrating and waving their arms in my face when I'm trying to watch Toronto not score. There's my last sight and sound. That was one that I was in a bad mood for on two fronts tonight. So, on that note, Steve Perry. Yeah. Sunday nights, eighty-nine point five. Yes. Got it. CIUT equalizing distort guys. Check it out. Uh, and everyone knows I'm at Clark Arno on Twitter. Get me over there if you want to answer that question from Steve or info at Have Your Say at RedNationOnline.ca. Um, we'll leave it at that. Thanks. So we don't have a home game again until middle of thirteenth. Yeah. June 13th. Maybe we'll see Wayne Rooney. He's playing for D.C. Oh. Yeah. There's there's a bit of news when you're away, Steve. You might oh, have right. caught on. Uh, but it's we, all... we should mention about the ticket, too. Oh, right, because it'd be the April 7th one. You could just use that one instead. Right. Yeah. Uh, so a couple away games. Guys, I may or may not be doing a podcast for a while. Well, I might well, have... a couple be on then, too, won't it? Yeah. So. There's a lot of reasons, but um, I'll, I'll put out a tweet or something like that. Yeah. Uh, You'll be hearing from us again at some point in the next month. The World Cup is going on. Toronto will have some more games. But uh, for now, everyone hang in there. Hang in there. Who am I thinking of? Snoopy? Garfield? One of those guys. I hate Mondays. I hate Fridays. Um, So thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. They don't understand you, but you are here.